You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Great. Amen. Well, Happy New Year, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. Good to see some of you guys I haven't seen in a couple weeks. And uh, uh, man, it is so great. And uh, as we think about the new year and we think about new opportunities, uh, I'm, I'm even afraid to ask because first service, it was a total bust, this question. But let me, let me just try. Is anyone making resolutions this year? Just, all right. Okay, all right. We got a few more hands. One person raised their hand for service. I'm like, what's wrong with you people? Does no one make goals? Does no one care? We're just going to slide into mediocrity? I don't know. But, uh, but a few of you might be thinking about it. Isn't this the time of year when, you know, things are slower, it's darker days, you know, where we wrestle with who we are and what we're doing on this earth and, you know, we turn to contemplation and deep thoughts? Well, if you Google it, Obviously, this is messages for someone else. There are a lot of things you could focus on in regards to resolutions. The top ones are our health and our physical bodies, maybe our mental, spiritual, relational. Uh, you might create a resolution around doing better in school, or you might have a resolution in business. Uh, maybe you have a thought like, oh, we're, I'm going to travel more this year, or I'm going to spend my time different or my money different. Maybe you've got a hobby that you're like, you know what, I'm going to pour myself into this hobby. Or maybe there's something in a negative sense that you struggle with. You're saying, this is the year I'm going to stop smoking or stop drinking so much or stop looking at pornography. And there are no lack of ideas when it comes to resolutions. But when it comes to our purpose and why we exist and what we're doing and things we should be thinking about, can we just all lean in and agree together that we should be looking at what God's Word says? Thank you. Ephesians 1, verse 11 and 12 says this, it is in Christ. Everyone say, in Christ. That we find out who we are and what we are living Long before we heard of Christ, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. That is an incredible verse. It's all rooted in Christ. I've got that underlined. Our purpose, got that underlined. In that last little phrase, everything and everyone should come back to Jesus. Church, our purpose is far greater than our personal fulfillment, our personal happiness. It's far greater than our family or our career. Even our wildest dreams and our ambitions, the purpose, why we live, why we exist is bigger than all of that. And where should we turn? Again, let's just determine in 2024, we're going to look at what Scripture says Colossians 1.16 says this, For everything 
absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. That's talking about Jesus, of course, our heavenly father. Church, you and I were made by God for God. And until we can grasp this, life will never make sense. Our lives are truly not our own. We exist for him. That's true. But God, in his loving kindness, he comes along and he says, hey, I want to partner with you. He wants us to partner with him and he wants us to thrive. Not just to exist, not just to survive. Church, we are built to thrive. And this is what we're going to lean in on uh, for our series uh, starting now uh, through the next several weeks. And I, I just believe the way we see our lives, the lens we look through uh, in our lives uh, is important. And when you look at what the Bible says about our lives, there's some interesting things. I've got three, and the last one is where we're going to go for the next several weeks. But the first is this, that Life is temporary, and it's a temporary assignment. I'm curious, how many of you remember the good old days in 2020, COVID? Aren't you glad it's 2024? Well, in 2020, uh, not only was COVID tough and literally pastoring the church from my kitchen table, Pastor Bobby coming over, videoing services, we're literally doing worship in our basement. Uh, we re- it, I mean, good memories and crazy memories. But uh, right in the midst of that, uh, my family, Jessica and I, we woke up one day and uh, it's too long of a story to tell uh, in its entirety, but I promise if you come to Financial Peace University, you'll hear a broader story. Uh, story of this, but we had a financial crisis to the tune of $12,000 that was seriously detrimental. I mean, it was painful. Uh, we, it, it, and again, I can't go into all the details, but what happened is uh, we reverted to our training through Financial Peace University. This is kind of a plug for FPU, I guess. But um, we, we said, you know what? We're going to go take our emergency fund, which was fully funded, down to $1,000. That was scary. And we said, what does Dave say to do when you need money? You go to work. And so I was already working and working in a really strange way, but it, I had the ability. I started delivering pizza. For 62 days, Jessica had a job, a full-time job. She got a second job. She started working for Chick-fil-A, Christian Chicken. And, uh, and, uh, and, those, and for 62 days, I sold a motorcycle. We, we tightened everything down to bare scar- uh, scorched earth. And within 62 days, we saw it turn around to glory be to God. I mean, it was very, very tough. And I'm glad it was a temporary assignment to do that. I, we don't want to live there, and, uh, but, but it was temporary. The Bible says this about our lives. The Lord, remind me how brief my time is on earth. Uh, remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. That's in Psalm 39, verse 4. Our life is like a mist. A vapor, the Bible says, is like a breath or a, a wisp of smoke, right? 
And compared to eternity, life is brief. Life is only, or this life, this earth, I should say, is only our temporary residence. And because of that, we should not get too attached. We will never feel completely satisfied on earth because we were made for more, to thrive here on this earth, but to thrive for eternity. The other thing the Bible says about life is not only that it's a temporary assignment, but it is also a test. How many love a good test, right? Uh, I just want to take you back to the days when you took driver's training. Uh, How many remember when you were taking driver's training? It's not just one test. It's like a series of tests, right? And you got to pass them all if they're going to give you a license. Well, for me, uh, driver's training, the, the book work was easy. I was a pretty good student, and, uh, and I could get the right, uh, right answers uh, most of the time. Um, but it was the driving test. Uh, you know, you got to do with the, with the teacher, and uh, God bless those people that get in a car with a 15-year-old or a 14-year-old here in, in uh, West Michigan, and uh, with no brake sometimes. I mean, that, that's crazy. But anyway, I get in the car, my first drive around, and uh, I'm confident. I've been driving since I was 12 years old. That's a true story. My grandpa was like, yeah, you could drive. And uh, even a stick with a, with a diesel engine, a little, uh, uh, little Ford Tempo, I remember. And uh, I'd drop the clutch on that thing, and it would just go. And, uh, but anyway, uh, 12 years old. But, but driver's training, it's a series of tests. I pull out, and this is, I'm not exaggerating, I squealed the tires. I... In driver's training. In about 45 minutes later, out of my one-hour driving test, uh, driving time, uh, the poor lady that was driving, she said, Ben, just so you know, if you don't slow down, you're not going to pass. <laughs> and it was like, oh, man, it was a series of tests. Well, life is a test too, right? It's testing our character. It's constantly testing our faith, our obedience, our love. Life tests our integrity, our loyalty, all those things and more are tested, right? Psalm 11.5 says, the Lord tests both the righteous and the wicked. And the Bible's full of ideas of trials and temptations, refining the, the tests that God gives us, right? Seen all throughout life. All of life is a test. And if that's true, then nothing is insignificant in your life. Every year matters. 2023 is in the books, and it mattered. But 2024 is upon us, and it matters. Every day is important. Every second, there are growth opportunities, chances to love, chances to depend on God. And we are built to thrive in this life and for the future. Life is a temporary assignment. It's, a, it's also a test. And this third one is what we're building this entire series on. Life is a trust. And when I think of trust, I think of a trust fund. And I think of our good old friend, Buddy the Elf. You know, when he, he's like, a Christmas gram? I want one. I'm thinking, a trust fund? I want one. <laughs> right? But it says in Psalm 24, 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's. And everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. Rick Warren in his classic uh, Purpose Driven Life, he says this about trust and life being a trust. He says, our time on earth and our energy, this is a quote, 
it, our, our energy, our intelligence, our opportunities, our relationships, our resources are all gifts from God that he has entrusted to our care and management. Let that sink in for a second. We are stewards of what God gives us. And it's that idea that we're going to build on and kind of lock in for the next several weeks. We, church, are built to thrive. This is a series on stewardship, and this is an idea about six or seven weeks ago that the Lord was stirring when we were thinking about the new year. Uh, The Lord kind of dropped it in my heart to do a stewardship series. And when you think about stewardship, well, if you Google it and look for a definition, it's the job of supervising and taking care of something. And for most of us, my guess is when you think of stewardship, the first thing that comes to mind is your money. I heard it a few times. Good. Trust fund, baby, right? But this is not a series about money. It's a series about our lives, although we will talk about money a few weeks out. Instead of just stewardship and think maybe where your mind might naturally go, I want us to think about an idea of biblical stewardship and what does that mean. And a great definition that we could kind of hone in on is that biblical stewardship is utilizing and managing all the resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. And let me just say, if money was the first thing you thought of when you think about stewardship, it's going to be a huge jump to think that we're responsible in every decision, every area of our lives to be stewards. And this invitation is going to, we're going to take a ride together and until Easter, believe it or not. And, uh, but I do have a warning that this will not be easy. What we're going to talk about week in and week out is a radical departure from the way of the world. What we're used to seeing, what's celebrated, what we're going to talk about is totally different. And it's rooted in this idea that we're built to thrive. And I promise it's going to be hard, but it will lead to abundant life, to freedom, to joy, to peace. You will be blessed uh, if you understand what it means uh, to be a godly steward. Uh, You'll be content. You'll understand your purpose better. The goal for our, our team over the next several weeks is to win your heart towards this huge topic. And not necessarily just to focus on stewardship directly, but to think of it from a different angle. Instead, that we are transforming our day to day and we are becoming what I would call a godly steward. We're going to connect to why we exist, our purpose, when we understand what a godly steward is. And if our hearts are being transformed into a godly steward, then good stewardship will happen. You see? So we're going to kind of back into it. We're built to thrive. That means we're built to be a godly steward. And we're going to start by discussing or understanding today the difference between being an owner 
and a steward. So if this is not something that we naturally think about. In fact, stewardship is kind of a, an old word that we don't often throw around. But let's talk about the owner side of the, these two first. And uh, what do you think about when you think about ownership, right? Uh, For me, you're taking care of something. There's responsibility. Um, I think of maybe like when, you know, as a family, you might get a pet dog or a pet hamster or a pet bird, and you say to the kids, listen, this bird is yours or this dog is yours. You are responsible for it. You are the owner of it, right? And it's really the parent's way to say, I don't want anything to do with this, but here you go, right? And, uh, but there's this idea that it's yours, that it's mine, right? And, uh, and on that idea of ownership and kind of saying it's mine, I want you, and everyone doesn't want to participate here, uh, no one exempt. And uh, if you're sitting by yourself, you're just going to have to yell, all right, or kind of yell across the aisle. I want you to think about what is your biggest asset? What's your most prized possession? Or you might think of it a different way. What's your uh, most prized relationship or your best skill or talent or even your most valuable commodity of time, okay? But let's just think about it for a second. What comes to mind, what is your biggest asset, your most prized possession? Now turn to your neighbor and tell them, all right? So what kind of things come to mind? All right, so if you're by yourself, you got to find someone. you got to tell them, all right? Maybe it's your house or maybe it's your car Or maybe it's your watch. If anyone wants to talk watches, I'm a watch guy, all right? Maybe it's your phone if you're, you know, uh, addicted to your phone. Or or maybe you think, oh, my most valuable asset's my spouse. Good answer. Or my kids. Or my 401K. Keep on telling. Tell them, everybody. What is it, your treasure? Or maybe you're like, I've got nothing. Well, maybe it's your clothes then, right? Or maybe it's your boots. I'm a boot guy. If you want to talk about boots, we'll talk about boots. Or your hobby, your boat, your trailer. It's, it's yours, yours, yours. It's my, my, my. When you think of owner, it's kind of inward focused, right? You're caring for something. Well, steward is a little bit different. Stewardship includes an additional concern. In fact, there, the fact is, nothing is actually yours if you're the steward of something. And I, trust me, I get it. If this is new information to you, this is going to blow your mind. Instead, stewardship is all about representing and caring for something on behalf of someone else. It represents the heart of the real owner. And remember how we started, the earth and everything Psalm 24.1 is the Lord's and everything in it. It's all his. Quick story. Last year was a, was a great year in a lot of ways. Uh, someone, um, Matt, you don't mind me calling you out. Matt Biller introduced me to a, a connection, a place called Stillwell Farms. You can't Google it. You can't, you can't get there without a personal invitation. And uh, he said, hey, you could go to this place, and maybe they'll, they'll give you a couple nights. They gave me two nights for a personal retreat, and I showed up to this farm that they had put millions of dollars into, and it's a house and a, and a barn, and it's even, I, I can't even har- hardly explain how bougie, how nice 
It was. It was, it's, one, it's, it's nicer than any hotel I may have ever stayed in. I, I can't think of a place that we stay that's nicer. And um, they, I'm staying in the underside of the barn. And just to give you an idea how nice it is, um, there's a grand piano in, in this in, in the space, a guitar, leather furniture. I mean, it is gorgeous. And, uh, and so I stayed there. And uh, I get there. And the owners, they introduce me, kind of give me a little tour. And they say, hey, uh, we want you to treat this property like it's yours. And trust me, I did. <laughs> I used their plush towels, their blankets. I ate all the snacks that they put out. I enjoyed coffee like nonstop. I was using their firewood, and I might have even jumped on the bed. I mean, <laughs> respectfully, of course. And along the way, I knew that I did not own anything there. So I took special care of everything there, right? I enjoyed the benefits of using the property without owning it. You get where I'm headed? It was so great. At the end of it, I'm like, man, this place was incredible. And, um, and I, it just, it, I was talking about... Uh, our anniversary was coming up, and uh, for like five years straight, we were able to go to Mackinac Island for a couple days, and Jessica, that was kind of our standard, and I, I was like, oh, this year's different, we're not doing anything for our anniversary, and the owner's like, oh, no, 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 you're going to stay here, and they gave us four days, remember, over a weekend, and Jessica got to experience this place as well, and it was so cool, because they put us in the underside of the barn again, and we walked in, and I hadn't told Jessica that there was a grand piano. Jessica is an incredible pianist. Uh, so is her dad, by the way. Uh, incredible. But she walks in, and uh, she's like, a grand piano? She's like, I wish I would have brought all my music. <laughs> I knew it. And I had stuck in all her music in my bag, and... Uh, it was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was so nice, and they didn't charge us a thing. At the end of that, I was just kind of bold. They were saying goodbye. The owners were, and uh, they don't even live on the property, but they were there. And, and I'm like, do I dare ask to use this again? <laughs> and you know, if you know me, I'm, I'm, I'm bold. <laughs> and so I'm like, hey, could our board and staff come? And so we had another four days. Our entire board, our staff, we enjoyed the property. It was incredible. But how many know we didn't own the place? We were just stewards of the idea. See, the concept of godly stewardship starts with this reality or this recognition that God is the owner of everything and everyone on earth, and we never own anything during our brief stay here on this side of eternity. God just allows us to steward it while we're here. And depending on your situation, there are things that you are stewarding today that someone previously stewarded, and after you're gone, someone will steward those as well. Think about the first job for Adam and Eve. It was to take care of the Garden of Eden, to name the animals, and then to work the fields, right, and to, to do that, and uh, to take care, to steward the earth 
that didn't belong to them. It belonged to God. And that role has never been rescinded. It's passed on to each and every one of us. It's part of our purpose today. Everything is to be treated as a trust that God has placed in our hands. So I want to do something together. I want everybody just to hold out your hands like this. This is the picture kind of God gave me as we start this series. That this is kind of like you, you can hold a box or uh, maybe a present or something. Um, it's just a, it's a good way that like you're kind of holding something. The thing is when your hands are like this, um, you can receive something, but also you can give, right, uh, which is a powerful concept of stewardship, and we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But it, this is the picture that God has given me. And our culture would say, oh, if you don't own it, you're not going to take care of it. And that might be true with rental cars, but that's a different thing. But uh, as believers, as Christians, we're called to a high standard. And because God owns it all, we get to take care of it, and we should do the best that we can. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4.2, those who are trusted with something valuable must show they are worthy of that trust. At the end of our lives, we will all be evaluated and rewarded according to how well we handled what God entrusted us to do, to say, to be, all the things we want to hear. Well done, good and faithful steward, servant, right? Every part of our existence will be judged. So, as we launch this series, Built to Thrive, what does it mean to be a godly steward, to live our God-given purpose, and how are we going to thrive in order to do it? The series is called Built to Thrive, and as we are laying out the series, and uh, our team is so great, I love it, uh, uh, we were talking about different looks, and Bobby came up with this cool 90s look. How many like that look? Yeah, Bobby, way to go. Love it. Uh, but one of the things we talked about was the thought of thriving in regards to, like, gardening, um, in the dead of winter, let's talk about gardening, right? Our thoughts of trees and flowers and bushes and plants. And the, the thought was that if we're going to thrive, you could think of a, you know, a thriving bush or a thriving tree. And, but where does it all start for a tree or a flower or a bush? It all starts with a seed, right? A seed is something with the potential for life, but it's in a dormant stage. You could say that it's in a stage of death. And so if we're going to talk about thriving and we want to kind of back it up and say, where does it all begin? We must, you've got to bury a seed in good soil and then water it and sunshine it and then it will grow and thrive, right? Thriving starts with a dead seed. And could I be so bold to say that if we're going to thrive, if we're built to thrive, it starts with death. We must die. Our personal journey to the abundant life, to a life filled with purpose, to us thriving, starts with death. Let me unpack this just for a second. 
uh, in our uh, assimilation process here at the Gateway Church, we start with a meal with the staff and with some friends. And, and uh, in fact, today is one of those days, and I know some of you are sticking around. And if it's your first time here, just stick around. We always have enough. It'll be, it'll be great. Uh, let's add a couple chairs. And, uh, and we, I see some guests here. We'd love, love for you to stay. Uh, but it starts there. And then we have this class called Get Connected that we already talked about today. It's a, it's a culture class. Like you come and you say, all right, what's the Gateway Church all about? And we talk about how we exist and just, you know, what it, it means to be around. And in that, we talk about not only our purpose, but the purpose of you being around. And we talk about uh, your gifts and abilities and it's, it's a great class, and it's in two weeks away on the uh, 21st. You should sign up for it. It's a great first step. And then after that class, we have one more assimilation class. It's called membership class, and in membership class, we talk about doctrine. That's important, very important to us, uh, but we also talk about seven membership commitments, and some of you that have been members for a long time, you probably don't remember these, but we talked about them. We've talked about them ever since I've been the pastor here. Seven membership, and there's two uh, membership commitments that are uh, one at the beginning, one at the end. They're kind of bookends, and they are not easy, but they are this, that we give up our rights and we listen up to God. The giving up of our rights is that first idea of that we die to ourselves. We pick up our cross. And by the way, it's not just because you're connecting with the Gateway Church. That's just what we should do as believers, right? That's what we're called to do. We're giving up our rights. We, our life is not our own. We take our hands off, right? We, we release our life to the Lord. We release control. And on the other side, we're listening up to God. We get into God's word. We listen to godly counsel. We follow Holy Spirit promptings. Amen? And when we do these two things, these two bookends, we are well on our way to being godly stewards. But it starts with the death. And then the fruit comes. The fruit of godly stewardship is seen in contentment and freedom and joy and peace. Having the heart of the master. Not just existing, not just surviving, but thriving with purpose. But it's radically different from the way of the world because it starts with the death of of each and every one of us. I'm going to ask the team to join me for worship here to, as we come to a close. It's a radical departure from the way of the world, but it's the greatest way to live, surrendered to Jesus. The Bible is very clear that we all deserve death. We all deserve eternal punishment. The Bible says we're all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. If you're breathing, uh, you are guilty, right? But when we baptize people after they give their hearts to Jesus, we give them a T-shirt when we baptize them that says death to life. And that's the beautiful part of salvation, that Jesus provided a way for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that if we believe, right, if we put our faith in him, 
If we confess our sins, it says in Romans, that he is faithful and just. He forgives us of our sin. It is the best deal on the planet. We, there's none of us that deserve it, but it's freely offered. Salvation. And today, on the first Sunday of 2024, we want to offer that gift to you. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. If you're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, that sounds pretty good. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I have not put my faith in him. And the Lord is stirring. If he's speaking to you, and you're saying, man, I need that gift of salvation. I want you just to raise your hand right where you are. The first service we had one. I'm curious how many second services we launch into 2024. If you're online, you're watching, you can just type in the, the chat, I need Jesus, and we'll follow up with you every time. Who is second service responding to a salvation call? Just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay. Anyone at all? I don't see any hands. Just before we move on, and uh, just forgive me, I want to just, I want every single one of us to think about a person in your life. It might be a family member, loved one, a coworker, a schoolmate, someone at the gym that doesn't know Jesus as far as you know. And would you just say a quick prayer for them? Ask God to help you to reach them this year, 2024. It would change their life. I mean, it would put them on the right trajectory. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Reveal our ones with a passion to us. God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take this position, if you're willing. Just to hold out your hands with the understanding that God, he owns it all. He can get it to us, but he also can take it or we can give it. And we'll talk about that. But a godly steward, this is the picture, is that we, we're caring for what God gives us in 2024. We're going to thrive doing it. And what I want to do is I want to read the first seven verses of Psalm 24. So close your eyes and just listen to these words. Let them run over your heart and mind. This is what the Word of God says. It says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. For He laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship you in your presence, O God of Jacob. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors. And let the King of glory 
enter. Father, I pray as we stand here together, symboling that we want and desire to be godly stewards. God, I pray that you will help us to grow, help us to thrive. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, Jesus, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. You are worthy of everything. You are worthy of it all. Lord, it is because you are worthy. Lord, you've entrusted us with things. Let us trust you as the one who is good, as the one who is worthy, as the one who is mighty, as the one who is faithful, as the one who answers prayers, Lord, that you can have everything. So we trust you with our lives. We trust you with our dreams. We trust you with our health. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with our relationships, with our marriages, with our jobs and our vocations and our skills and our talents. Lord, we trust you with everything because you are worthy. Lord, we pour out our praise to you and let our praise, let our love, not only be in word and tongue, but in action and in truth. Let us love you with our lives, with how we use these things that you've given us. Lord, and maybe it's a friendship. Maybe it's our kids or our family. Maybe it's our job or our vocation. Maybe it's our intellect, Lord, but if you can get it to us, you can get it through us. Lord, and we thank you that it's because you are good because you are faithful that we do this. Lord, and we know that we're going out into a lost, hurting, and broken world. So let us not squander that gift as well. Let us be your salt and your light. Let us be your healing hands, your going feet to the lost, hurting, and broken. And we know that as we go, as we trust you, that you will continue to be faithful that you will go before us, behind us, and all around us. We give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray it. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go in the grace of God, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.